Welcome to the Pugilist Podcast presented by Hack Daniels Media, hosted by Mark Hack Daniels and Robert Meyer. We're bringing you all the fight action you can imagine. Everything you see, we see, we're bringing you commentary. Whether it be UFC, 1FC, PFL, Bellator, doesn't matter. If they're fighting, we're watching, we're talking about it. Thanks for sticking with us. Enjoy our episodes. All right, man. We got uh, a lot to talk about. Push the week had a lot of action and then in in that time frame so let's get right to it man this is like a six event podcast episode uh we'll just we'll touch the highlights um but yeah it was uh it was a busy couple weeks man so the week the ufc took a weekend off and then they they definitely had uh pfl had two cards bellator had two cards and then the ufc caught up with a with a card so um yeah, Bell, uh, the first PFL card that I saw, um, man, I didn't get to see much of the Ray Cooper, uh, Rory McDonald fight. I'm not surprised at that outcome, but uh, dude, PFL's production value is just awesome. Like, like I'm I'm into it a lot, actually. Yeah, it's a good promotion. That uh, that fight was kind of surprising. Rory just really couldn't like. I don't know, getting his groove and, and Cooper was just pressing him doing, I think from my memory, um, I think it was primarily like fought in the clinch with Cooper securing takedowns near the end of each round. So that, and, yeah, that's basically how I saw it. Yeah. I mean, for me, it was a clear cut win for Cooper. I think this is like the third fucking event or third time second or third time that he's like got to the finals of the pfl tournament but he hasn't he hasn't won it yet yeah he, dude he's legit i mean he's a he's a solid fighter like i said i'm not surprised at the outcome uh, i thought mcdonald would have acquitted himself a little better i mean he he lost pretty handedly it was pretty obvious um a lot of these other fights were good uh glisa tibau had a nice nice finish in there um and then the other fight that i actually was able to sit down and really pay attention to was uh roush manfio and clay collard mm-hmm. um clay collard's got a great story i'm not going to say that he i don't think he, he necessarily got robbed in that fight but it, it was it a was, close fight it was a close fight um yeah but that also it kind of leads me to the other thing about the pfl's production what do you think about their like smart cage thing it's kind of interesting it's, like if you notice that they have I like haven't really paid attention they have like technology it's like a smart cage it helps track like punches um, the, thrown and shit. Yeah, dude. Like the stats in the PFL are, are real time and off the charts. Like huh. very interesting. And I definitely like how they get the commentary team to like say who they thought won. And then they include sort of the fans and who they oh, won. Oh, yeah. Which yeah. I I wanna I wanna figure out how to get involved in that. Like, how can I do it real time? I mean, I just think they're they're doing some different stuff, man. I just I I just really appreciate what they're bringing to the table. Yeah, I still think like the kind of the the point format system with the tournaments is kind of strange and confusing. Like you really have to have to learn. Like if you go in there just thinking you're going to watch MMA and then all of a sudden you see all these points being thrown around and shit like that. Like you know, people I think just want to see fights. You know, and they want to see really good fights. Um, I don't I don't know if like the tournament point formats like the most effective way to gain traction and gain like a, a really well, solid audience, but. At the end of the day, it's still the judges. It's not like, you know, yeah. they're at, they're just asking these people for input. So at the end of the day, if it goes to the decision, it's still the judges. It's just kind of cool to see um, if the stats, you know, essentially measure up with, you know, who you, who you thought won the fight because they don't always tell the whole story, you know? Sure. So it's, uh yeah, it's just, it's just an interesting um, addition to Oof. a solid promotion, man. Yeah, from what I've seen, it's uh, it's fun to watch, you know. And I, I I feel like that that million dollar payout for winning a tournament is is really lucrative to, you know, young fighters and and even veteran guys that have been around for a while. That you know, I mean, you saw like, I think last season Sean O'Connell, you know, who's kind of had a, a decent run in the UFC. You know, he ended up winning, I think, the light heavyweight tournament, and you know, retired on a fucking huge win that got him a million bucks or something like that. Yeah. I just wonder what they get paid in between, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, cause it, I think it's a million dollar bonus. So, you know, and I wonder how, you know, how all that's handled. I've never, you know, I haven't um, jumped too far into all that, 
but yeah, definitely, I, haven't, I haven't looked into that. Definitely, definitely curious. Like, you know, and you got to think that, you know, somebody like Kayla Harrison is making more than just the average fighter in PFL, right? She's already a champ and she's, um, she's definitely a name that I'm sure other organizations are inquiring about. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So you got to figure they're paying her to, to keep her. Yeah. Looking at, um, so MMA fighting has PFL eight salaries. Um, and a lot of guys, it looks like they're like paying like pretty much everyone, like 25 grand per fight. That's not bad. They fight four times a year. Yeah. Yeah. Like if you're in the playoffs, you have to fight four times a year. So, I mean, that's pretty, that's some of the more prominent guys like Nathan Schultz. He he got like fifty thousand to show, twenty five thousand to win in the quarterfinals, twenty five thousand to show in the semifinals. Um, no win bonus following that. Okay, so I mean, it's it's the, you know it's fairly standard with probably a few exceptions. I mean, I don't think PFL is so big that they can afford to just be throwing money at everybody, especially if they're doing million dollar bonuses. You know. Yeah, I mean. So. I, I wonder who their investors are. Uh, ESPN has got to be doing something with them if they're because they've been a staple on ESPN ever since they became the PFL. Yeah. So I'm sure, you know, there's, there's, they got to have some prominent backers. Yeah. I mean, for tournament, for if you're a tournament participant, you're making 25,000 bucks and, you know, assuming you fight at least three times per season, you know, I mean, plus sponsorship money. Yeah. I don't know. They're, they're doing okay. Yeah. You know, not crazy, not crazy money, but they're doing okay. It's, it's no trailer Jake Paul money. Dude, I wonder still if they're even making actually making what they're saying, you know. Some some Bellator fighter came out recently and said like he made more like 2 months training Jake Paul or sparring Jake Paul than he has his entire MMA career. So Jake Paul Jake Paul came out and said like uh, he he cut his own salary to make sure that anyone involved in his camp was making like fair amounts of money. So for him, I, you know, I think as big of a jerk as he is, I, I, I legitimately think he's, he's a real advocate for this fighter pay issue. Is he, is he like the unsung going to be like an unsung hero of of mixed martial arts, you know, professional fighters, both boxing and MMA. It's entirely possible, dude, but he's also sitting on a mountain of cash before he started fighting. Right. So, yeah, yeah. um, it's, you know, when you're cushioned comfortable, it's easier for you to go against the grain, you know, cause like yeah. Kevin, Ho- Kevin Holland came out on the fighter pay issue and said, I'm happy. I'm way good. Like, yeah, he's like if you want more money, just fight more. Right. You know, it, yeah. but he is, he is also a highly active fighter. I mean, the guy's fought five, five or more times, I think in one year. I mean, that's a lot. Right. Yep. So, I mean, you're right. I mean, the more active you are, the more money you're going to make. You're talking about some of these fighters may only fight one or two times a year. So, I mean, yeah. And then you got a guy like Nick Diaz who's coming back after not fighting for six years. Yeah, and you got to think they're paying him too. They would have had to give. Him, they would have had to give him something pretty fairly beefy, two hundred plus, I bet, just to get him back in the cage. I, I, I mean, I don't think I it was think a, even more than that. I don't think it was a money issue, you know, to get him, and he's definitely going to have pay per view rights, so. You know, meaning I don't think, I don't think either of the Diaz brothers are like hurting for cash. You know, I think they could walk away from the sport at this point if they wanted to. Um, so you know, I don't know, man. Did you get to see the Gegard Mousasi fight? I actually I, haven't. I yeah. haven't seen it yet. I need to go back and watch it. Um, I don't know what the hell I was into that day. Um, I've we've both had a lot going on. So, um, how was it? I mean, I heard he was dominant. Like. Uh, the, the first round, um, Salter, I think was pretty much in charge and, and he pushed a pace, but Musasi, you know, Musasi's always had kind of weak takedown defense, but defensively he's very sound on, on the ground. And, right. uh, right. he, even on, on his back, he wore Salter out uh, while he was on top and then eventually just fatigued Salter. And then, uh, Ended up, I don't know if he reversed him or if he took, I don't think Gagar took him down. I think he reversed him on the ground and then just fucking pounded him out. I mean, Gagar looked, despite the finish, I thought Gagar looked a little slow. And really? He, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And it had, been a, it had been a while, though, since we'd seen him, hasn't it? 
since Musasi last fought. Yeah. Uh, his last fight before this was in uh, October of last year when he beat Lima. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a little while. Yeah. I mean, it's a little while. Yep. Almost not, a year. I guess not terribly long for a champion, but. Dude, but um, he's got almost like fucking 60 fights, MMA fights, plus, you know, a bunch of boxing fights and kickboxing. Like he's, you know, he's 36 years old. Like you're going to start slowing down and you have that much mileage on you, you know, for sure. But, uh, you know, they're talking about the next fight for him is, uh, Mr. Um, what's his name? Paige Van Zandt's husband. What's his name? Austin Vanderford. Yeah. 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 They're, he's going to have like, a real hard time with him. I know you like Musasi, but he's going to have a real hard time with Vanderford. I think Edgar's going to just, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I just, I don't, I don't think this, what's this guy's name? Austin Vanderford. Yeah, dude, he's a stud, he's a stud wrestler and he's got some power in his hands. I mean, I don't think he can, I don't think he can stand in there and totally completely bang with Musasi. I would imagine Musasi will pick him apart pretty good, uh, but it only takes one. And as you said, Musasi looked a little slower. Yeah, he did look a little sluggish. Just yeah, he, I don't know. Like Musasi's always kind of had that. Yeah, he's kind of he's he does yeah. look a little sluggish sometimes, but he always, he always just has this kind of lethargic, you know, I don't know, demeanor to him. Yeah, dude, Vanderford. You know, I'm not like fanboying this guy, but I think he's he's as advertised is what I would say. Yeah, and and uh, you know, he's young, hungry, athletic. I mean, it'd be a good one for sure. Not to say that he's not susceptible to getting caught, but um, you know, I think it'll be a, I think that's a good fight for Bellator to make. Yeah, well, I mean, Vanford's eleven and zero, you know, five and zero in Bellator or something like that. Um, seems probably like the right fight to make. Yeah. So I think that's probably next for Mister Musasi. I uh, look forward to it. The co-main okay. event on that card was really good. Andre Korshkov and uh, Sabah Hamasi. Didn't even see it, bro. I don't, oh, like Sabah- I, said, I don't know what the hell I was into that night. Um, I'm going to have to. Sabah- I, I, I have it recorded, I believe. I'm going to have to go back and make sure I watch it. If, if you watch a fight, you should definitely watch that one because that was a really good fight. Like Sabah took a lot of fucking heavy shots and uh, stayed in there, man. You, you know, he ended up losing a decision, but. Yeah, that's a super so, entertaining fight. So listen to the unanimous decision here. 3027, 3026, 3026. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That means two 10-8 rounds, right? Or at least uh, at least one. Yeah, one. One. Two yeah. two judges had one of those rounds 10-8. So I mean, he he laid a fucking whooping on him in at least one of the one of the rounds. But he didn't go out and in the pet, you know, I mean, Sabah's been knocked out a handful of times too. Uh huh. So I don't know. Yeah, I think he got stopped in his last fight with Daly. Yeah, Daly beat him. Mm. But he hung in there for this one. Okay, man. Two two fights I saw. I don't think the rest of the card. I gotta get back and watch some of this. I did see uh Kayla Harrison just Yeah, she just fucking mauled that girl. Mop up. Jenna Fabian. Yeah. I thought Fabian is in incredible shape. She's tall and a, and a world-class striker. Um, but once Harrison puts her hands on people and gets a hold of them, it's over. Yeah, man. You know? Yeah. You can't fuck with Kayla. She's a much, I just hope nobody rouses her, right? I hope no one tricks her into thinking that she's some fucking ridiculously good striker. You know, I'm not saying she's a bad striker. We generally don't need to see it because she's just vicious when she puts her hands on you. Right. I yeah, just hope she, she doesn't get away from her bread and butter. You know, she trains out of ATT, man. This isn't, you know, Glendale Fight Club with Edmund Tervertian. Um, that's, I mean, she's at the best, best fight camp in the world. Well, she needs to stay there and hopefully. Yeah. I mean, they're um, not going to, they're not going to do to her what Edmund did to Rousey. Yeah. No way. So the other advancee there, uh, Taylor Gerdado, um, I thought that that fight was super close and actually thought that Gerdado lost. And based on her husband's reaction on TV, he thought she lost too. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they uh, the judges pushed her through. 
like a robbery. I mean, you think that that, uh, that no, was- I mean, it was, dude, it was, it was close enough. I mean, you know, I, I wouldn't necessarily call it a robbery, but I didn't see what the judges saw. I saw it the other way. Yeah. Um, but you know, it is what it is. You know, it wasn't, it was a, a back and forth, you know, women's lightweight semifinal. It was a good fight. Yeah. But, There's that, that that card also had the heavyweight uh, semifinals too. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So going into the heavyweight finals for for this tournament, uh, Bruno Capaloza and uh, a Croatian Ante uh, Delija, I think. I think he's a Croat. Yeah, no, he, he's trained by Krokop. Yeah, Walking Troubles is his nickname. That dude started crying and shit at the end of the fight, like and like damn near kissing Krokop's feet. Oh yeah, he's fucking on a Krokop top team. Fuck man, I can't believe I missed that one. Doesn't really look like Krokop, but it doesn't have that that high and tight. No, it was a so that was a decent fight. Um Delasia looked great, I think, in the beginning and definitely gassed towards the end, though. I mean <coughs> the other guy, Goldsoft, definitely started kind of reining him back in there a little bit. Mm. But I, I definitely I saw it the same way the judges did 29-28. I think that was a fair outcome did you see the the, the bruno fight bruno capeloza and jameel jones dude i'm certain that i watched it but i don't um i honestly don't recall exactly how that went down it was tko tko punches i feel like it came out of nowhere though i feel like oh. it just like randomly happened i don't know i don't i don't know i might have i don't think i missed it i guess it's possible i did it doesn't it doesn't uh i'm not it's not jogging my memory at the moment though who do you think wins between those two? Uh, I don't know, man. Delasia looks great, dude, but Capaloza apparently is a finisher. I'm not sure that Delasia is, you know? Yeah, Capaloza has uh, 13 wins, 13 KOs or TKOs. 100% finish rate. Wow. That's a... Uh... Oh, uh, that's right. He's that okay. He's that kid out of Brazil. Yeah, that first round wasn't. That's why the first round was. I thought pretty boring, and then he just he capitalized and and put that kid out. That's right. I'm I'm remembering it now. Dude's last loss was was to uh, Yuri Prohaska. There you go. Got knocked out by him early in the first round in Ryzen. <laughs> he fucking sure did, didn't he? Yeah. That was a couple of years ago. That was three years yeah. ago. Wow. Interesting. Uh, did you watch Bell Tour 265? Oh, wait. Hold on. Capeloza holds a win over Ante Delasia. He knocked him out. Oh, shit. Yeah. In 20... Ooh, earlier this year. He knocked him out in May. <laughs> oh. Oh, that'll be good. Maybe Delasia makes some adjustments and comes back. Yeah. All right, man. Real quick, though, before we move on, Kayla Harrison, lightweight. Chris Cyborg's talking about moving up to lightweight to fight Kayla Harrison. What do you got on that? What do you think? Um, like, how do I think that fight would go? Or do yeah. my general thought? Uh, or is it even worth them trying to do it? Yeah, man. Of course. Fuck yeah. Make that fucking fight. That's a, hey, Cy- my opinion, that's a lose lose for Cyborg. It's nothing but a win for Kayla Harrison, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I mean, Kayla, you know, I think since Roundy's departure from the sport, there hasn't been this much hype around a female fighter outside of the, the UFC. You know, like Amanda kind of came in and, yeah. and cleaned house, and she's you know effectively become the most successful champion in MMA history. But outside of that. Kayla's like the next big thing. So for Cyborg to come in and, you know, beat the shit out of her. I don't know, dude. I'm just saying, like, if Cyborg beats her, people say, well, that's Cyborg. Yeah. Right. If yeah. Harrison, if Harrison beats Cyborg, everyone's like, well, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. She just, she just smoked Cyborg. <clears throat> so I don't know, man. Yeah, yeah, I guess um, Cyborg doesn't really have a whole lot to to gain from it. But at this, you know, with the exception of Amanda Nunes, like Cyborg's beat fucking everybody. So Cormier is coming out and saying that he doesn't think Amanda could even take on Harrison. 
I mean, I'm like, okay, maybe. Well, it depends but, on what weight class it's contested at. Because I don't think, I mean, do you think Kayla Harrison can make 145? She's a yeah, big, yeah, she is a big girl, but I think she could do it. Yeah. I think, yeah, she's got a little to lose there. I mean, you know, women tend to have a harder time cutting weight, but I stylistically, she, I mean, oh, Harrison presents a lot of problems for Nunes, yeah, in my for opinion, sure. But for I don't sure. know, man. I mean, I think, um, I think Nunes could probably keep that fight on the feet a little longer than most. I'm not saying yeah. that she. I'm not saying that she wouldn't get taken down. I'm. I guarantee she'd get taken down, but I think she could keep it on the feet a little longer than most girls could. Dude, person. and Amanda's a, like uh, Amanda's just a, a scrappy, scrappy chick. Like you try and close distance on her, like she yeah, fight tooth and nail to get away from it. You know? Right, it's like, not an easy out, man. It's no. just you know it wouldn't be you know, and the, and then you have to go back and look at Kayla Harrison's record. Like what names does she has? who has she really fought, you know? So yeah, that's a, that's a question. That's a valid question, right? Cause I don't know much about who she's fought in the past. I mean, she is a, she's a PFL world champion. She's got a million dollar purse under her belt. Right. I mean, she's obviously uh, super comfortable where she is. She's also a two-time Olympic champion in judo coming out of the United States. I mean, that is no small feat yeah. to, to overlay that Rousey was only a, a, a one-time bronze medalist. Right. And mm-hmm. she was, widely considered one of the best female judokas in MMA, right? Yeah. So uh, Kayla clearly has it, has the advantage there. So, I mean, yeah, it's just, uh, it's, it's definitely interesting. It, it would have to be a cross promotion type thing though. Well, at the, you know, I mean, Kayla's contracts up at the end of the, the season, I think. Right. Um, I believe so. You know, she's mentioned like going anywhere if they pay her. Yeah. You know, yeah. the, the UFC would have to pony up. Uh, quite a bit because you're right her stock is high enough where um you know it wouldn't be like dana white having all the chips on his side of the table kayla's got some cards to play for sure yeah yeah. So, yeah well and then you look at the fact that the ufc's female 145 pound division is fucking dead you know totally dead. I and mean, you bring i mean bringing kayla in and having her fight at 145 it temporarily revitalizes it for sure and then if Kayla does beat Amanda at 145, then it opens the fucking division up again, you know? Yeah. We'll see. Time will tell. I think I think the UFC is probably the, the best place for Kayla after the season ends, regardless of what happens, um, simply because, well, I guess simply because of, of Amanda Nunes. Yeah, I mean, that's a fight that people are, I think that's a fight that people are going to want to see. Yeah. All right, man. Uh, Bellator 265, Congo versus Karantanov. Uh, didn't definitely didn't see the event. I didn't either. Uh, Czech Congo won by rear naked choke in the second round. That's odd to me. I would have thought that one would have stayed on the feet. And and I definitely would have thought that Karantanov would have had the edge on the ground. Congo's so just a dude that like, doesn't go away. Like He's been fighting fucking everyone for like as long as I can remember. This dude's career goes back to 2001, his MMA career. Well, Carantano's been around for the longest too. I bet yeah. he goes he goes back to at least 2003 probably pride, right? So I mean these Karantanov, are both uh, couple old salts. Since, since 2000. Wow. A couple old salts here. Um not really much to speak of in my opinion on the rest of the card and and like I said I didn't I didn't catch it. I have it recorded. I'll have to go back and try to check this one out too, man. I got a lot of fights to catch up on, but, uh, yeah, I was surprised though. I didn't think Czech Congo would, uh, submit Karantanov. That's for sure. And it's right at the end of the round too. They got it listed at round two, four, five, nine. Yeah. Yeah. I so, saw, I saw the highlight. I was kind of surprised Karantanov tapped, but you know, when you're in the fight, you don't, when you've got some guy's arm wrapped around your neck, like I highly doubt you're, you know, yeah. too concerned about what the time is. You're just, trying to stay conscious do you feel like bellator cards are really like one or two fights and the rest are oh just, yeah they're really they really don't pack a a lot of great fights into one card well i just they i'm not saying that they don't pack great fights they just don't um stack it with fighters that are known to to the common fan you know or, yeah i should say they don't have huge like multiple huge names on bellator yeah. cards like at least not often anyways. Yeah. The main events, you know, usually, well, I guess all, all the time has, has some notable fighters on there. Um, 
but I, you know, I, I don't mind that as long as the fights are good and uh, assuming I can catch it, but you know, I guess part of the, I mean, I, I didn't feel like a huge urge to watch this event for the simple fact that there wasn't a lot of drawing power, you know, like, yeah. okay. Congo and Karatanov is the main event. That's, that's a cool fight, you know, but aside from that, like, do I want to spend a, you know, a night watching four hours of Bellator only to see, you know, two guys that I know. Yeah, no, for sure. I definitely was not like, uh, totally drawn into this. Yeah. And you know, <coughs> when you add in shit going on in personal lives and kids and wives and yeah. other stuff, you know, just, I don't know. You have to right. pick and choose. But Congo, like aside from who did he, he's only lost like one time in the last couple of years. He, uh, who did he lose to? Oh, Timothy Johnson. Yeah, beat him by split decision. Aside from that, he had the no contest with Bader. And then prior to that, dude, he had won like nine fights or something like that. Like he's on a with the exception of, of the Timothy Johnson loss, like he's on an impressive run for being almost 50 years old. Fuck, how old is he? 46. Oh, geez, dude. I didn't know he was that old. Yeah, man. Wow. And he's still knocking guys out, you know, like he and he's beaten, you know, some pretty well-known dudes. He beat uh, Vitaly Minikov, Karatanov, Augusto Sakai, Ali Thompson. Uh, you know, Vol- he's beaten Alexander Volkov. Um, wow! You yeah. know, he's he's just a guy that's like you. You can never count Congo out. That's interesting. I'll I'll forever dislike him though for the way how he fought Krokop at UFC seventy five or whatever event that was. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a massive fan of Congo. I mean, I just yeah, he's kind of kind of been a, around for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yep. I don't. I don't know that I've ever. I've never fanboyed him. That's for sure. I w- I did meet him at uh, at Miramar. Oh yeah, Miramar. Yeah, it was him, uh, Randy Couture, uh, Rampage, and I think Sean Shirk. Maybe they came to do like a, an affliction clothing autograph signing. So yeah. I got to got to meet all them and got a picture with Congo. Um, yeah, I think Randy was kind of pissed that I asked him to sign my UFC gloves that I had because that, that was in the middle of like his his uh, little drama with Dana and, and the UFC, like after he had won the the heavyweight title. Oh, nice! Remember that? But yeah. like, you know, he didn't he didn't say no. Like he was probably just like you fucking asshole. Like, well, I mean, that- in the middle of this fucking shit with the promotion you're you're asking for my autograph on their merchandise well he's he's been an auxiliary rights guy for a long time like he or ancillary not auxiliary ancillary rights or whatever it's called like he's the one he started a lot of that stuff like he he didn't appear in the video games and all that stuff so yeah yeah, yeah he's a he's a character that one he's also a veteran but he a lot of people fucking, don't know that he's a veteran yeah he was like a staff sergeant in the army wasn't he well he's a yeah i think he wrestled for the army i don't know like oh how his whole career went or whatever, but you know, yeah, that's a whole interesting little side saga of Couture in the UFC. He was in the fucking EA MMA game though. Yeah, he was. I mean, Fedor, yeah. yeah. It was like, I think and a lot of, and at the time, a lot of people wanted to see Fedor and uh, Randy Couture fight. Yeah. Yeah. So they, I think he, he declined to go with the UFC and then they helped build a video game around him. That was actually a fun game too. Yeah. I, I like that game. I thought it, I, I put the shit out of that on, I don't know, Xbox or something like that. I remember the UFC though, like the UFC video games, the early ones, like the undisputed titles, you could, uh, you know, create fighters. Yeah. So like all, all those people just created fucking couture. Like, you know, you can right. put them in the game. <laughs> That's fine. Right. Oh, okay. Jared, uh, Jared Cannonier, Kelvin Gastelum. Yeah. Little, little apex Vegas card. What do you, what do you, what did you have there? Um, another event that let's see, where did I stop watching? I think I turned it off before the clay Guida fight. I watched the Parker Porter and Chase Sherman one and everything else before that. Um, yeah, I missed the I missed the main event. I was just fucking dog ass tired, dude. I couldn't stay awake. Couldn't yeah, stay awake. So that yeah. went five. That went five rounds. Um, five pretty competitive rounds. Gastelum feels like he won. I think Cannoneer won. I didn't think it'd be as competitive as it was. 
Was um, it a, was it a good fight? Like back and forth? Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's worth going back for sure and watching. Yeah, yeah it was a good fight. Was it uh, primarily on the feet, or was it a mixed martial arts fight? I think it was a. If I recall, it was almost exclusively on the feet. I don't recall yeah. a takedown at all, to be honest. Huh. Um, yeah, it was, you know, pretty pretty hard sparring match, really. Um, one one good knockdown. Gaslam got knocked down pretty heavy in one. Um, you know, he's he in the later rounds. I think Gaslam is susceptible to that. Uh, and he also Gaslam. I actually thought Gaslam might might win this uh, going into it, and then I realized he was he's still having trouble making weight even yeah. at 100 even at 185 pounds like he needed mm-hmm. the extra hour then i switched my pick immediately oh really yeah because I, I don't know much about jared cannonier and then i started watching some of the backstory and he's on a three or four fight tear now and he's he's fucking he you know for the in most of his fights i think he's a pretty prolific finisher <laughs> he's got and a lot he, of finishes he fights out of the MMA lab. That's where uh, Kyle Stewart fights out of. So, uh, you know, I got a little, you know, a little loyalty there. No, not, not that. I mean, I just started looking at the backstory a little bit. Hmm. So, yeah. Uh, the Mark Madsen clay Guida fight was awesome as every clay Guida fight is. I, I don't know. It, you know, you lost a split decision to Madsen. I, I thought that one was pretty close. Um, Split decision is probably accurate. I think if you watched it back, you know, Guida probably may have grabbed it. I mean, I don't know. I feel like Mark Madsen could um, be in like one of the next transporter movies if Jason Statham doesn't want to do it. He kind of looks like Jason Statham. That's fair. Yeah. I thought Guida, I just thought in that fight, Guida was just obviously pushing the pace, you know, which he always does, right? Yeah. And I mean, I, and it, and it, you know, I don't know what the stats say, um, but I, I think I'd have given the nod to, to Guido there personally. But yeah, it was definitely it was definitely a high paced fight. Was Guido's fucking hair down, or was it was it like tied up? No, uh, I think he had it tied up. Because I just remember some of his earlier fights. It almost always like, comes undone, though. Well, he, he'd be like pushing the pace, but then he'd get he'd get punched by you know his opponent, and his hair would fly up in the air. And I always felt like that left a lasting impression on the judges. They must've thought like, Oh, that was a really good shot. You know, let's, let's give the round to, to the guy who hit him. You know, and that's, I feel like that's kind of contributed to some of his losses. That's fair. And that, I think that's why Evan Tanner, you remember him? I think that's why oh, yeah. he came out corn rolled once. How dare you ask if I remember Evan Tanner? That's fair. I shouldn't ask that question. I'm sorry. Yeah, you should not. <laughs> um, dude, Chase Sherman looked like shit. He yeah, just, you know just, what? I, something looked wrong. So I had always been interested in in Chase Sherman because after he he left the UFC after like fighting six times, like he went on a, a like a four fight win streak or something like that, and he finished everybody. So I was like, oh, he figured he he's figured things out. Like he's gonna come back to the UFC and just start fucking wrecking people. And since he's come back he's gone one and two and he's looked like shit in his last two fights. You know, yeah. it's just like, what the fuck, man? He, like, I was he, high up on this dude. He had that little run in BKFC too. Yeah. He went, uh, one, one and one. I don't know, man. I just, he just didn't look good. He didn't look like he was there. Yeah. And I, I like this Parker Porter dude, just kind of like a fat sloppy looking heavyweight but a guy who's just <laughs> in your face you know throwing fucking bombs well dude uh, i mean for as sloppy as that dude looks he was fucking pushing the pace on sherman hard yeah he was and yeah. and sherman just didn't have an answer for it dude like you know it was it was yeah i mean i don't think and, sherman and, expected that kid to be able to put a pace like that personally. well and, and sherman ate a lot of like porter landed some pretty fucking big shots on him yeah. Too. I'm surprised Chase didn't go down after a few of them. Yeah, he was. I mean, I think I think he was basically in there the whole time. But I mean, yeah, yeah, he just wasn't. I don't know if he got clipped early on and it it changed the changed the you know the game plan a little bit or what. But I don't know, man. He just didn't I look good. I, I like seeing guys like Porter find success in the UFC. Guys who you know you look at him on paper, you look at a picture of him, you're like, this dude's gonna get his fucking ass whooped, and then he comes out and he fucking yeah. wins. You know, I, I like seeing that. Dude, they should have that. <laughs> they should have a Porter fight. That who's that chubby ass Brazilian that fucking like rolls his shorts up like a diaper? 
Oh yeah, what is that dude? They saying? should have those two dudes fight. Yeah. That'd be fucking hilarious. Um, that guy's awesome too. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's a he's another one of those sloppy looking heavyweights. That's fucking. It's, he's a sleeper because like even Roy Nelson didn't doesn't look like all jumbly and shit. Like he's got a big ass belly, but it's like tight, right? Like yeah, yeah, it's as tight as a big ass <laughs> belly could be. This Porter kid looked like his shit was flopping all over the place. Dude looked like a fucking basset hound in there, you know. Dude, I, I went to I went to Google and I typed in UFC heavyweight Brazilian diapers and uh, <laughs> the guy's the guy's name popped up. <laughs> well, I mean, it's like he, <laughs> he rolls him up into like a diaper looking thing, dude. He looks almost sumo. It's it's Junior Albini, and he says he That's won't right. be wearing um, the diapers anymore. I doubt Venom has anything that'll sort of look that way, you know? Yeah, that's fucking hilarious. <laughs> so funny. Um. That's the submission uh, loss Trevin Jones took. I'm, I'm pretty sure he slept that kid. Trevin Jones got slept hard. Uh, <coughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you have COVID? I hope not. Vince Pichel looked good. Uh, Alexander Patoja looked good. You know, those those are all good good fights. Uh, yeah, that Pantoja roy Val fight, that one's... Apparently, uh, Pantoja's now will be the next uh, challenger for Moreno's belt. That's fair. That, that was, yeah, that, and I think they I fought. The number one contender. I think they fought before Pantoja and Moreno. Actually, I oh, think yeah, Pantoja maybe. Pantoja may hold a win over Moreno. Uh, let's see. Yep, he does. A, a unanimous decision win back in 2018. Yeah. Oh, dude, that, uh, the other big highlight off the prelim card, um, Ignacio Bahamandez, the spinning wheel kick, dude. Oh, Holy yeah, dude, that's shit. fucking nasty. Did you see that still photo of yes, Roberts getting kicked? Oh, my yes. God. Oh, yeah, Billy sent us that. Dude, it, right at the close of the third round. And, and, you know, honestly, I picked against Bahamandez, and I should have looked into it more because that kid doesn't go away. Like, he gets beat up in fights and still – brings it and will take you out. Yeah. I mean, that was the best spinning back kick knockout. I mean, we've seen, I think probably since Barboza and Terry Adam, right? Has to be, has yeah. to be. That was like perfect. That was just a perfect. I, I think the only thing that would make Barboza's better is the way that Terry well, Adam fell. You he know, went, like, yeah. Adam went stiff. Like, yeah. Like stiff, stiff. Like he was yeah. like gone, gone, you know? And Roosevelt just kind of dropped like a sack of beans. Right. Uh, that kid, man, you got to, that kid, I'm telling you, that kid takes a whooping in almost every fight he's in, at least from what I've seen of him. And somehow he just finds a way, dude. It's, uh, pretty. And, and for that to happen in the third round too. Yeah. And he, you know, like I said, he was, Bahamandas was like all cut up and shit in his face. Like he was, yeah. you know, he was beat up. He's putting, I'm pretty sure he's from like Chile, right? Is he, is he Chilean? Uh, I... He is from Chile. Yep. So there's a couple guys that are kind of starting to come out of there. Uh, so they're kind of putting Chile on the map as far as, you know, I don't know where they train. I'm sure they move north, uh, either up into Brazil or possibly up into Mexico to train. But, you know, uh, there's a couple other Chilean fighters out there. They're not, not in high demand, but there's a few. So it's, you know, it, I like looking at regions and seeing kind of what's happening, you know? Yeah, yeah. Every now and again, like like I think what's going on in Eastern Europe and Poland and, and um Czechoslovakia right now is important to watch. You gotta pay attention mm-hmm. to that. Like Prohaska's there. Uh you got a Polish champ, you know, obviously JJ's been around for a while. And then um Kovakevich, you know, they got a they just have a good group coming out of Poland. Yeah, yep. So yeah, and just in that I guess just kind of in that area, man. So yeah, yeah it's always, it's always c- cool when you see fighters coming out of countries that you just never fucking like hear about in, in MMA, you know, like I remember, you know, when like Cheeto Vera came out where he's from a kind of a, an obscure country. Where's he from? It's the red, white, and yellow flag or some shit. I can't, I can't remember. He, he, I think he's got a pretty considerable amount of time in the States under his belt though. And he's from, he's from Ecuador. That's right. Yeah, you don't. There aren't many Ecuadorans in MMA, yeah. dude. You know, or like you know Brandon Moreno. You think of all the Mexican fighters that you've seen in in the UFC over the years, and Brandon Moreno's actually the only one that's 
a champion from Mexico. Yeah. You would think, you know, you would, if you, if you thought to yourself, you would think otherwise, you know? Yeah. Well, so, in the way that the UFC fucking marketed Kane after he won the title, you know, and leading up to the title, you know, I mean, they yeah. were, they were trying to get him to be their, their access into, into Mexico. For sure. Well, I mean, even Brandon lives in the States, his wife from Texas, or as he said, Tejas. We, uh, yeah, we said it's basically Mexico. I watched Moreno's uh, Q and a, um, the day before we went to the McGregor fight, he's, he's just a super good dude. He's funny. He's fucking hilarious. Oh, he's hilarious. He's super humble, man. I think he's just kind of got his eyes on the prize. You know, he's a big fucking nerd too. He likes those, uh, Funko pops. You know, what those are. Yeah. 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 The ones that I have on my wall behind. Well, me. He, I think he, isn't he the one that I think he, uh, I don't know if, his father or somebody owns like you know he he grew up like making pinatas oh yeah like, yeah like that's what he you know somewhere in tijuana or whatever like you think how much candy do you think he fucking stole well uh, probably probably not much because the pinatas i don't think come with the candy <laughs> i think you have to put the candy in it yeah you're probably right, right. yeah i guess so maybe i, I have, mean i'm sure you can get like candy stuffed pinatas right you can probably buy those oh i'm, I'm sure someone does it you know but. yeah well maybe marino's fucking dad made those ones it's possible. Maybe next time I go to a UFC, I'll, I'll ask him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What else happened on that fucking card? Not a ton. I mean, first four fights on the prelim cards all ended and finished. So that was pretty crazy up until yeah, it was, the Brian Kelleher fight. <laughs> For sure. It was a high finish rate. It's just um, young guys, you know, not, not all people that you totally no i was really surprised at the the vince pichelle austin hubbard fight um i thought hubbard was going to come in and fucking just smoke pichelle yeah pichelle looked good though he looked real yeah he looked he looked he's like you know he's getting up there in age but man he looks he looks fresh in there he's he's 38 years old you know um but he's looked really fucking good and his ufc record is is pretty awesome he's I don't know. He's like seven and two in the promotion or something like that. Huh? Yeah. Let's just see where, see where that one goes. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. So I, mean, I like the mustache, you know, he's, he rocks that mustache <laughs> real well. For sure. So tell me how much tough have you watched? Uh, I watched like the first three or four episodes. Yeah, me too. And then I just, I just completely fell off. Yeah. So UFC fight night's coming up. It's essentially the tough finale. Not essentially. It is the tough finale. Um, so I'm going to look at this for the first time. And the problem is I'm not, well, JJ Aldrich is finally getting her fight. I think she, she lost the fight on some COVID shit, I believe. Um, okay. Dustin Jacoby, Darren Stewart. That'll be a good one. Sam Alvey's fighting. He's always fun to watch. That dude's just ridiculous. Um, yep. Abdul Razak Al Hassan is fighting. Uh, these are all prelim bouts. So prelims are going to look pretty sporty. I recognize a couple of these guys as guys that were on the show, I believe. So, okay, we'll go to the main card here. First um, fight on the main card is good, man. Gerald Mearshart and, and Mahmoud Muradov. Yeah, you've I've heard you mention Mearshart. A few yeah, times, I like Mearshart yeah. a lot. I'm a, yeah. I'm a big fan of Mearshart. Plus, I mean, it's, there's loyalty because he's from Wisconsin. Fair enough. Uh, Andre Petrovsky and uh, Michael Gilmore, they don't have pictures listed. I don't recognize the names. Kevin Lee's making his uh, return against Daniel Rodriguez. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's talking. Kevin Lee's talking some big stuff. He's, he's saying there isn't a welterweight out there that can beat him right now. I, I don't. I think that's a little misguided in my opinion. But. Yeah, I mean that's that's kind of a thing for, for Kevin Lee. He's always he's always been a talker. Right. You know, and for a guy who's you know one in three in his last four, I don't know. If he loses, he looks like a fucking asshole. Yeah, well, I mean, and if he loses the UFC will probably fucking cut him. I mean, they're dude, they're cutting they cut Dos Angeles, Rafael Dos Angeles, they cut uh Jimmy Rivera. I mean, they, they cut they cut RDA. Yeah, dude. There's been some some Aljamain Sterling came out on social media and said, uh, you know, nobody's safe, man. They started cutting a lot of people. Like it's it's kind of no holds barred. 
What you the know? fuck? When did they cut RDA? I just was reading it on the online today, so. No shit. How fucking excited are you, though, for the Edson Barboza Giga Chigazi fight? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I've never really been a big fan. Like, I appreciate everything Edson Barboza can do in the cage, and some of the fights he's had are just fucking nuts. Um, but yeah, I've never considered myself like a big Barboza fan. Um, so I've kind of always liked him because he's literally finished dudes in every way possible with kicks. Yeah. Legs, body, head, spinning to the head, right? Um, I've always thought he was a good fighter. I think the weight thing with him has always been weird. He's kind of like Charles Oliveira in that regard. But um, he seems to have featherweight really locked in right now. And I fucking love Giga Chigazi. And if there's anybody in there that's going to actually stand and bang it out with Giga Chigazi, it's Edson Barboza. And if there's anybody out there who's going to stand and bang with Edson Barboza, it's Giga Chigazi. Exactly. Yeah. So I think this fight is going to be fucking fireworks, man. Yeah. No, I mean the fight's exciting. Um, it looks it looks great. I thought Edson Barboza looked pretty amazing in his uh, fight with Shane Burgos and Giga the way he blasted Cub Swanson in his last fight. Oh, that's right, dude. Barboza's coming off that super weird. Yeah, delayed like knockout thing, right? Yeah, yeah. But Where, prior, I mean, despite the the kind of the weird finish, I mean, no, he was thought, piece, he was piecing him up pretty good for sure. Yeah. Like, yeah, he no Barboza looks looks solid. Um, yeah, man, I, I'm just I'm I'm into this main event. Um, the tough stuff. I, I, if I can go back and watch a couple episodes, I probably will because I, I like the back. You know, I thought they did a they did a real good job in my opinion of bringing it back, um, and you know, highlighting these fighters. <laughs> but well, the interesting thing about the tough middleweight finale is like Brian Battle won his way to the finale, but the guy he's fighting, Gilbert Urbina, he lost on the show. The guy who should have been fighting in the finale, Trazon uh, Gore, he got he got injured after the show aired, um, so he had to pull out. Uh, that's right. Okay, yeah. So I, I know so what you're saying. Yeah, it's similar to what happened. Um, I think in the season with Ryan Hall, like Ryan Hall was an alternate. Right. So what are our finales are bantamweight and middleweight, right? Yeah. Yeah. So Ricky, I don't know how to say this dude's last name. Tercios, 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 and then Brady high stand. High stand doesn't even have a fucking record listed. Actually, they don't have any data on him. He's, he's five and one as a pro. I like this kid. They haven't put any, any, uh, any data on him on the UFC site. And, you know, I don't know. That's interesting. Uh, he's, he's five and oh, or five and one, um, TKOs, uh, I think a couple submissions, uh, his one loss, um, he got finished in the third round, but, uh, from what I've seen of him, I like him a lot. And, and Ricky Tercios looks, uh, looks pretty fucking good too. I, I think they're both pretty talented guys up and comers. So, I mean, it could shape up to be a good, solid fight night. I mean, you know, there's some names kind of sprinkled in there, but I feel like they're still highlighting these up-and-comers that are coming off tough. Yeah, and from what I've seen of, of Brian Battle, too, he looked uh, he looked good on the show. Tough, like v- very humble, super likable. Uh, so nice. I'd, li- I'd like to see him, him win, too. Yeah. Cool hairstyle. <laughs> okay. That matters. Listen, man, it's it's. I'm all about vanity. Okay, I like I like good looking hair. Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just I cut mine off years ago and I never. You saying say my hair looks good, too. It does, dude. Yeah. You, you keep it you keep it clean. I keep it fresh. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually I'm actually due for another haircut soon. One of these days when we actually start fucking putting these videos out, people will appreciate your hair, dude. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. It's 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 definitely receding, you know, especially on on this side. But uh, you know, I do what I can to cover up the yeah, dude. I fuck the diminishing hairline. But you, I, I mean, did you? I, I saw that fucking photo you posted back from like high school or something like that when you had like frosted tips. Yeah, I had long hair and earrings and shit. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. When did when did your hair start going? Uh, or could so, you grow it out if you wanted? No, if now it's gone it's it's far receded um 
it never so i essentially did it to myself like yeah i wasn't you know i used to get my high and tights done so often and so close i think i just promoted lack of <laughs> lack of hair and then in in 2009 when i went to uh when i started doing the workup to go to iraq I, I just started picking my head it was just easier to maintain and cleaner you know yeah easier you know like sit, no sand or any of that shit in my hair I, dude how's that how's that fucking dirtbag jarhead and when I got to Miramar and I knew I was EASing, like I was rocking like the lowest of low regs. Like it was, there was barely a fade there. <laughs> oh, fucking, fucking Corman Bobby. Like when I put my, yeah, when I put my cover on, the hair in the back like flayed out. Nice. Yeah. Like Nobody said anything about enough, it. enough to where someone wanted to like pull out their ID card and measure. Yeah. Oh, and like the what was the maximum length you could have? Like three inches on top. Three inches on top. Yeah. Yeah. Zero, like, zero, I mean, zero to three, baby. Yeah. My I mean, my hair was always so at were, least three inches. Yeah. So you were a once around the track, stay off the grass type of guy, huh? Like just just mow me down on the bottom and leave the rest. Yeah. Pretty much. Pretty it's much. Funny. I think you know when I was when I was a motivated young marine in in Japan. You know, I, I think I still rocked a high fade. Um, but the closer I got to EAS, man, it just That's it fair. just gradually dropped. No, a lot of people do that though. It is what it is. I mean, the Marine Corps doesn't establish a way for you to necessarily transition. So sometimes you gotta you gotta do that shit yourself. Yeah, they don't tell you fucking anything. You go to fucking one week of what's that separation course? Taps and something or taps. Yeah. I think we just started calling. I don't fucking know. Yeah. I mean, I don't I don't even remember fucking anything that happened there. Yeah, you can't you can't um, learn how to be a civilian in a week after four plus years of being in the Marines. You know, I feel like you need like a a year. Like contracts should be five years. You should do four years active duty, then one year of like a, a work down to civilian life. Like a halfway house. <laughs> yeah, they put you in. It you is know, almost like it is almost like coming off drugs, though, isn't it? Like yeah, they give you a job at a grocery store bagging groceries. They teach you how to talk to people normally, not to yeah. curse every other word. <laughs> That's why I, I guess I got into policing because it's, it's, you know, paramilitary and same mindset. For the yeah, no, a lot of, obviously a lot of veterans gravitate towards stuff like that. They, they need the structure. Yeah. So, yep. For sure. Just real quick, man, while we're on the topic, shout out to all the veterans out there right now, the Afghan vets, Iraq vets. I mean, shit going on right now is crazy. And hopefully nobody's, uh, man, everything our men and women did matters regardless of the, outcome or how people are handling it you know this isn't a political show or any of that but we are veterans so just shout out to any of those guys listening in much respect mucho love definitely your homies talk to your homies yeah for sure reach out text call you know do whatever you can give a give whoever a shout out on facebook or something like that man people need to it's a time where you need to be together with uh you know folks that have shared some of those experiences you know so yeah that's kind of that's 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 kind of been on my my mind a lot, you know. We kind of saw, yeah. you know, I, I only served in Iraq, but we kind of saw this a little bit in 2011, and then ISIS obviously came in and did some stuff, and that kind of sucked. But um, this Afghan thing is really terrible, you know. So yeah, it's a fucked up situation. I've been watching, I you know, surprisingly, I've been watching a lot of Vice stuff because they're doing a lot of coverage in Afghanistan right now. Mm-hmm. Um. And it's just a yeah, it's it's a complete fucking nightmare over there right now. Yeah, dude, not good. They're bringing in a shit ton of refugees to Wisconsin though too. They're coming up to Fort McCoy. <laughs> oh, they'll be coming. Yeah, no, they'll be they'll be coming around. Um, it's like, what do you fucking do with them when they get here though? It's you know, I know like you bring in fucking aid and whatnot, and you know, a lot of public and private organizations that are going to come in and help them try and you know provide them resources and whatnot. But it's like, imagine like you and I getting pulled out of the States and being sent to Afghanistan and just being like, okay, here's where you're living now. Like how fucked up is that? That's well, it's, it's crazy. I mean, the, I guess the answer to that is really what status did they have to get here? Right. So, I mean, it's what it is, dude. Yeah. We'll see. I'm not in charge. So, but maybe you just, should be uh, maybe one day, bro. Is it too old to go back and, and be like military officers? Are we too old? Yeah. Yeah. 35 is the cutoff. You could join your local guard though. Could I at 37? Yeah, dude. You could, like up to 45 or some shit. Oh, no shit. I can go yeah. be a fucking boot second lieutenant. <laughs> Just a fucking butter bar coming in. Yeah, actually. Yes, you could. 
Oh my God. Actually, it'd probably be easier for you to transition in as, in as a, a warrant officer. Oh, that'd be dope. Yeah. Like going there, but intel, I, I, I the you know, no disrespect side. to any of the other branches of service, but like, I'd feel super strange wearing like army camis. Uh, yeah. So I work with the guard guys and I yeah. love working with them, but I don't know that I'd want to be in any of their units because it's just not that they're bad. It's just foreign. It's just different. You know, mm-hmm. it just is. It's just different. Like there are loads of Marines, you know, that are in the guard, more power to them. They wanted to continue their, their service. Um, and some guys can make it work. I'm not one of those guys, you know, but I am with them and it's helped me tremendously. I would say that, um, because I'm with them or around them, I'm, you know, I'm basically of service to them and that fills a piece for me, you know, yeah. personally. And it, uh, it's helped a lot. So yeah, just shout out to all those guys, man. We actually, I have, um, we have loads of Afghanistan vets in, uh, in Utah, just based on some of the units that we have. Mm. So, yeah. I just wanted to mention that, man. We're not, we're not, you know, ever trying to be outside of the MMA politics. We're not trying to, we're not trying to talk that, but I thought we should at least mention it, man, because we are both. Listen, man, sometimes veterans. it comes up in our military service was important to us. Yeah, for sure. So I don't know if I could honestly stay in shaving my face. though, being clean shaven again. I can't get past the itchy part, bro. Like on the rest of my face, for whatever yeah. reason, I could do it on the, this hair around my suit cooler doesn't seem to fucking itch much but the beard i could never do it i just it just was too itchy i feel like i'm done shaving i'm just gonna grow it out and see what happens yeah i like try to get it yeah like it's a big burly manly beard <laughs> yeah that's so funny <laughs> so what are you are you are you like a manscaped like fucking trimmer type guy like you keep it you keep your beard because it looks pretty grown in i mean you trim that sucker down or what no i'll I'll usually do like a trim like every four weeks um but normally i just let it grow until i get annoyed and shave it so i shave my face and my goatee once a week yeah and then the rest of the time i just let it come in yeah because like yeah it's still but i don't i don't do any like upkeep like i don't like i actually just got beard oil today um which I've never really used in the past. Uh, yeah. I guess, I guess if you condition it and oil it and all that stuff, like you can get past yeah. the itchy stuff easier. Apparently you have to use a special beard shampoo because regular shampoo, uh, kind of fucks your facial hair up. So I've been spending See, way too much time watching beard brand on YouTube. Just the fact that we've had to talk about it this long is why I don't keep a full beard. Any res- mad respect to anyone who does, dude, I have like, I have, a, I do have beard envy, Mm. but I can't keep a beard for myself. I just can't do it. There's, there's just that, that, that itchy period. Like it lasts like a week, you know, you got to get through that. And then I folded, I folded at about three days. Yeah. Yeah. That's where the beard oil apparently comes into play. I'm sure I didn't know about that though. Yeah. I wouldn't have, you know, ever thought to oil my beard. (laughs) Dude, this little, this little kid I got, it came with uh, like a a beard brush, a beard comb. It came with this stupid, weird triangle contraption that you use. If you want to like shape your shit up and make it look like super fucking permanent proper, which I will never use. That'll go in the garbage. Dude. I take my son to um, a kick-ass barbershop, dude. And I see dudes in there. Like, like it's a thing, you know? Yeah. Beard culture is real. Yeah. No, that, that, and just like that, that sort of whole, like, um, style now like barbering but actual barbering is like back right like oh yeah yeah for sure yep that's um my son goes there and gets cleaned up all the time the hipster movement definitely i think helped with that the hipster barbershops are are very prevalent in uh, the madison area where where i live uh, yeah dude but there's there's there they and the ones that i've been in though trying to find the spot for my son they seem to be open arms to anyone though they're you know they may be like sort of the it you know goofy kind of hipster type kids that maybe someone like me wouldn't necessarily get along with, but they seem to, you know, every, everyone seems to gravitate towards their shops, you know, cause they're, yeah. They're, well, a lot of kick-ass the barber shops. Yeah. A lot of the, the hipster barber shops where I live, the lead barbers there trained in Europe with, I mean, and apparently European barbers are like master faders and, and fades are now like a very cool thing to do. Yeah. Um, so these guys learn like a very unique way. So like in the Marine Corps, 
our fades would start from the bottom. Like they'd start from the bottom from your sideburn and they'd work up. Right. Yeah. European fades start at, at the line where your fade actually like starts and they work downwards. So like when I get a fucking hair, you remember how long did a PX haircut take like 10 minutes? Maybe. Maybe they give you a little shoulder rub at the end, maybe 15 at max. Like yeah. you go to a hipster barbershop, you're getting a fucking haircut for 45 minutes. Oh yeah. You're in there for a while. Yeah. It's a whole cool little culture thing. But a lot of them have like sweet motorcycles and shit. Yeah. You so should like, see those shops. You a- <clears throat> those shops are like fun to pull up on because it's pretty eclectic, man. You never know what the fuck you're going to see there. Well, the one barbershop that I've commonly gone to, the lead guy there is a very big muscular man, like immaculate haircut, immaculate beard. He wears like shirts that are open. His chest hair is popping out. He's fucking tatted up. He's got fucking rings on his fingers. There's fucking bikes in the shop. Like, yeah, (laughs) that's that's just the thing. That's the thing now. No, it's like a whole, it's a whole little subculture, man. I dig it. I I thought about being a barber. Dude, it's back is all I'm saying. Like it used to, it used to be thing to do anywhere you would go. It used to be like, it was almost always women, um, you know, working. Yeah, you'd, you'd go to like fucking sport clips and you get a fucking jank ass haircut. Right. And then, you know, and now like it's, it's just sort of refreshing. It feels old school. You know, it feels like yeah. an old, an old uh, trade or craft is like back. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I dig that. I mean, I think it's cool. A lot of straight razor shaves, man. I, I miss that in Fort Lunderwood. Remember that barbershop outside of the gate? Yeah, it's Kim's. There's, Kim's is still yeah. there, but I don't think they straight blade anymore. Oh, really? Those are some good fades. Yeah, those, I mean, that's the best haircut you ever get, dude. Yeah, I have fond memories of that, that barbershop. Although I yeah, think when I was in MP school, we only got off base low like once or twice. So. Yeah, I, th- I, I mean, I think I got my haircut there twice. And then never again did I find anyone who would straight blade my hair. Really? Yeah. Until and then it didn't matter because I started picking my own hair. So it is yeah. what it is. I, you should grow your hair out and just see what it looks can't, like. Can't do it. <laughs> can't do it. All right, man. We'll wrap it up here, dude. Uh, so yeah, we you know life happens, man. We missed a week and wound up talking about fucking a few different cards. So. Um, August 28th this weekend, yeah. UFC fight night, uh, Barboza and Chikedzi. Don't miss it. Be I think it's one. going to be a good one, dude. But, I, you know, I think it's going to be a great fight. But I, my money's on Giga. The way he's he blew out Cub Swanson, who is, you know, known to be a very durable guy, um, was very surprising. Giga, Giga may be at that weight at that, you know, at 155 and down Giga is probably one of the most refined strikers, I think in the game right now. Well, and you've, you've been, you know, talking about these, these fighters coming out of Georgia for, for a while. Like these guys are something savages. Yeah. It's just something about their kickboxing, man. You know, whatever they're learning as young fighters, it's, it's just, it's transitioned really, really well into, um, into mixed martial arts. I mean, they just all seem to really have something about them. I don't now. I don't know if it's the people or if it's the style of kickboxing that they're actually learning because, you know, you would think that like Muay Thai would transition well in MMA. It's always been present in MMA, but you see a lot of world champion Thai fighters get wrecked in the, in MMA, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, man. It's, it's uh, uh, like I said, I love, I love focusing on the regions and just kind of learning like what their styles are. And, and for whatever reason, coming out of Georgia, they just all seem to be stud kickboxers. Yeah. They're very, very scary strikers. So, so. I, I expect a good, a good fight. At- well, and the thing is, you know, Barboza coming out of Brazil is I'm sure he's got some ground pedigree. It's probably not something he's ever had to show off much, but you know, he, um, I don't think he fears anyone on the feet. So it's, it, I just, it sets right up for Giga, you know? And, well, and yeah. that's it, really. I mean, it just sets up to be a, a fight of fucking fireworks. So, yeah. Yep. Can't, can't imagine. Uh, I mean, then again, though, it could be a technical stalemate, and it could go five boring ass fucking rounds with just a whole bunch of leg kicks. <laughs> you know, I, like, don't, I don't. I don't. Think I just don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't see that happening though. I think yeah. one of one of them. I think will. I would expect it to get pretty heavy around the third round. Personally, I wouldn't expect it. I, I wouldn't be shocked if it went the distance, but I. I I think it'll, I think both guys will try and kick the fucking shit out of each other. Yeah. I think we'll see. I'm just saying like, you know, 
kickboxers have a tendency to start slow. So I think it's pot- potentially around the third round. I think people, Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think we'll start to see, uh, the pace get ramped up unless one of them decides to come out hot right out of the gate. Yeah. You know, which is a likely alternative too. So it's an exciting fight, man. It's good. It's going to be good for sure. So, all right, my man, we'll shut it down, dude. And, uh, I'll push it out. Uh, we'll get, we'll get her done. Like we always do. Cool. All right, bud. All right.